You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. We're going to talk about uh, UK basketball. We didn't get a chance to talk about Friday's win over UAB. Um, we'll, so we'll discuss that and EJ Montgomery's uh, performance. Also, we'll get into bowl projections. Uh, UK football bowl projections are out. Plenty of uh, scenarios out there. We won't know anything, of course, until conference championships have been decided on Saturday. Uh, but we will discuss those as well. So we're recording this on is this Monday evening. Yes, Monday evening. Um, so how was your Monday, Kyle? Good, good. It was... Uh pretty uneventful just uh working on a working on a kind of fun story i have coming that i'll uh share tomorrow probably with people what it is but kind of an interesting local slash national basketball related story so um, all right yeah i uh read the the uh, the one on uk basketball is gosh i mean how many words was that one uh oh what the uh just takeaways from the game the other night? game yeah. I don't know. I probably wrote a lot of words. I I, I tend to do that. It's nice. It's a nice thing about working for the internet, <laughs> <laughs> right? Is you just write as much as uh, you know as you feel like it's worth. So yeah, because there was quite a bit. There was just you know the overall takeaways, and then there was you know the breakdown of uh, Ashton Hagens, of Nick Richards, and then of EJ Montgomery. Um, so I I can remember when I clicked on it, I thought, well, I'll just you know be real quick read through this and I'm like geez this just keeps going yes but yeah sorry it's a it was, it was <laughs> no, a little no, long it's, it's fine but uh yeah they there was uh I, I thought there were some some really notable things in there I mean the three kind of the three significant ones to me from their I would th- I would say kind of start to finish pretty uh uneventful victory over UAB which by the way UAB is the best team they played you know in theory since Michigan State um, right. They are in the Ken Palm rankings. They had actually beaten every other team in the BBN showcase. Uh, the I think they of, lost. Didn't they lose the Utah Valley though? Isn't that their one uh, loss? I think no, their one I loss. Don't, uh, I don't think so. Uh, unless I got that completely wrong. Um, I think when I was looking them up, their one loss heading into that was they had lost to to Utah Valley. Oh, you're right. They had lost them. You're right. They had they had lost to Utah Valley. Uh, they beat Mount St. Mary's and Lamar. Yeah. Um, so, but, but in terms of, uh, Ken Palm rankings, uh, they're 148 and everybody else Kentucky's played ex- since Michigan state, uh, other than Evansville is in the two hundreds and yeah. Evan- Evansville is 175. So they're, they're higher ranked team even than Evansville. Uh, and Kentucky didn't, uh, you know, really ever have any trouble with them. They were, what, I think up 13 and a half, up 20 late in the game and, Ended up being a little closer than that, but it was never in question. And the the three reasons really were Ashton Hagen's played another terrific game. He's played four really good games in a row. Nick Richards played another excellent game. He's played four really good games in a row. And then for really the first time this season, E.J. Montgomery played a really good game. And that was maybe biggest of all because obviously Nate Sestina is out now. 
Yeah. Um, and, and apparently Calipari said on his radio show tonight, in, a, in two more weeks, the staff will reevaluate him. Um, and so in the meantime, they're, they're going to have to find their way without Nate. They're playing with eight scholarship guys. They've got to get something from somebody other than Richards, uh, who has sort of surprisingly been very consistent so far this season, but they need yeah. more than one. Um, and so for EJ to have 16 and eight, 16 points and eight rebounds and a couple blocks in that game, I thought that was big. And Nick went for 16 and nine. Um, didn't miss a shot. Didn't miss a shot. Yeah, seven, seven of seven. seven. He, uh, you know, his last four games, Nick is averaging 16 and a half points, nine and a half rebounds, three blocks. And for the season, he's shooting 67% from the field. Yeah. Um, I think every single person associated with Kentucky basketball, the staff, the teammates, the fan base, everyone would have signed up for that in a heartbeat, that yeah. kind of production from Nick Richards. That's what, you know, he's got to keep it up against better teams, but he's giving them exactly what they needed him to give. Uh, and so you need, you know, EJ to come along. Can EJ do that consistently? We'll find out. But I think it was important that he actually sh- at least showed in one instance that he can play – to the level that they need him to play as well. And EJ has not been when he has had his minutes, uh, you know, last year and, and, you know, just a little bit of that he's played this year. He's not been a guy who's taken a lot of shots and he took the most shots of anyone on the team. He took 13 shots in that game against UAB, which was surprising to me that he felt, uh, you know, free enough to do that and confident enough to shoot. He was seven for 13. He finished and, uh, you know the volume shooter on this team is Tyrese Maxey, but uh, for EJ Montgomery to 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 put up 13 attempts, I, I thought that said something. Yeah, and I think it also probably spoke to Calipari wanting to get him going and kind of giving yeah. him the green light to say, "Go take some shots." And they've done that with Nick in some games as well this season, um, and you know, so he kind of showed off a little bit of everything too. He he made a he made a baseline jump shot. Uh, he had a nice little. Uh, post up into a, a right over left shoulder jump hook off the glass that went in. It had a turnaround jumper from the free throw line. Um, he kind of did a little bit of everything uh, in his bag, and, and he that was his whole reputation. He was you know a six ten guy with a seven foot seven plus foot wingspan who yeah. was was skilled who could shoot the ball, and he hasn't really shown that yet. He, he has shot the ball, but they haven't haven't gone in. I, it was, I think, a significant development as much as anything for his own, you know, mental well-being to see some shots go down. Um, and you know, if you think about the way last season ended, he faded. He had a couple big games. He had a, a game where he had a bunch of rebounds. I think he had a double double late in the season. He showed a few flashes, and he also, just in little fits and starts, he would have some critical rebounds in games. You know, he would never put up necessarily gaudy numbers, but he'd have some moments where he'd go grab a tough rebound and use that sort of flexibility and length and, and just almost instinct to go get some crazy rebounds that were really big in games, blocked a couple shots that were really big. But it was always really in fits and starts. And by the end of last season, he completely faded away. And I had forgotten how badly uh, when I was writing this piece that you mentioned. I looked it up, and he scored 10 total points in four NCAA tournament games last year. Mm. You know, 10 points in four games, and he had 16 in this one game the other night. And, you know, to this point in the season, he had only produced 18 points uh, all season and then had 16 in one game. So that, to me, 
that that was a pretty big deal. Uh, probably the biggest thing that happened in that game. And Ashton Hagen's played incredible, but the biggest thing that happened in that game, we know Ashton's good, was for EJ to come out and kind of show some stuff. Yeah, Ashton, uh, what was that? I guess a career high tying twelve assists that he had in that game. Yeah, it looked like I think if 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 they cared at all about it, he could have broken John Wall's record. He had I think nine at halftime. Yeah, uh, um, got out of the gate and just I mean he was just and that was the thing too. It was clear he was trying to set up those big guys. Um, yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to. I know I looked it up for that. Uh, piece. Well, there were so many think, of those passes that he made that were in traffic underneath the basket. Like, yeah, he would drive and, and drive. draw all the defense, and then you know, yeah. lob it up at the last minute, or a couple of nice wraparound passes. I think nine yeah. of his twelve assists went to the big guys. Um, is what that number was, and he he scored or assisted on thirty six of Kentucky's points. Yeah, um, and he's another guy. Four straight games. Over the last four games, Hagens has averaged sixteen and a half points, eight and a half assists in mm. four, in a four game stretch. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, four and a half rebounds and one and a half steals. He's also made twenty six out of twenty eight free throws during that time, um, and four four of his last seven three pointers. Another development. The last two games, he's made made some threes. He had not made any for the season before the last two games. Um, after shooting pretty well from three in the preseason in the in the uh, blue white and the exhibition games. So, you know, that's a pretty good nucleus. And then you've got Quickly, who's kind of played consistently when he's healthy. You start thinking, like, wait, all the guys that are playing, you know, that have a chance to really be the, the guts of this team, oh, yeah, they're all veteran guys. Yeah. It, it, is, it turns out it is pretty nice to have guys come back, uh, you know, and know how to play. So, you know, three of the, three of the four biggest stories of the night were – or three of the the biggest stories of the night were of their from their veteran group. Yeah, I think Quickly's already proven that he, you know, he's he's become a consistent guy. We like we talked about with Ashton and with Nick being consistent now. If EJ can start to come along, there's four right there uh, that if you can depend on them on a on a regular basis, if you know what you're going to get, you know, because Calipari, one of the things he says is. When you don't know what you're going to get, you know, it's hard. If you know what you're going to get from those four, then if, you know, Maxie is on or if Whitney starts to come on or, or if you get Brooks or Juzang gets hot, or you can, you'll be okay with those guys coming in and out, you know, popping in and, okay, they have a good night on this night and another night it's one of these guys. But if you get the consistency out of that nucleus, those four right there returning guys, that's, I mean, that's going to be what would, what makes it uh, so that you can you can make a run? Yeah, Emmanuel Quickly's made a three pointer in every game he's played this season, at least yeah. one. Yeah, he's that's... gone 10, 16, 16, 13, 11, 9. So he's been right at double figures in every game this season, averaging 12.5 points a game, um, you know, shooting a, a decent percentage from three. That's that's exactly what they need out of him, you know. They and you remember he got hot in the SEC tournament, and so then Cal said the next game he's like, "Well, if Quickly can shoot like that, we're going to go at him." And then that next game, Quickly was goose egg; just had a horrible night shooting from three. Uh, so, so he had that moment, you know. And, yep. and uh, I think now that second year around and how he's you know kind of changed his mentality and his work ethic a little bit, we'll we'll see it pay off. All right, we're too, we're too late for a break, so. We should take a break. We'll talk some more U.K. basketball, and then we're definitely going to talk uh, U.K. football bowl projections. Coming up here on Locked on Kentucky, let me tell you about DoorDash. 
Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash offers. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and we were talking some UK basketball. We uh, did not mention the new rankings that came out. Uh, The AP poll has Kentucky up one spot to number eight. Louisville is the new number one team in the country, and another future UK opponent, Ohio State, is number six. That could change by next Monday, though, because both of those teams, Louisville and Ohio State, have big games uh, this week. Tuesday night, Louisville faces Michigan. Wednesday night, Ohio State faces North Carolina. Uh, Those are both part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yeah, that's uh, those are some great games. There's there's some really yeah. really good games. Uh, Duke and Michigan State. Duke and Michigan State follow tomorrow night after Louisville, Michigan. So yeah, that's you know a, where I'll be. <laughs> that, yeah, that is an excellent slate. That it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, I think everybody. I think for Kentucky's sake, they'd love to see Louisville just keep winning. Uh, and if they could keep winning, this, this would be a top five game. You know, basically to end the year uh, on the twenty eighth at Rupp Arena. Duke, you know, if you could have Louisville one and Kentucky, I would think would certainly be well. Yeah, they would certainly be uh, in the top five if they beat Ohio State and and kind of went out and, and uh, beat Ohio yeah. State the week before. Uh, but it will be interesting to see if they can hold on to that number one ranking because they have a, a little you know work to do before the Kentucky game. It's Michigan tomorrow night. Uh, which Michigan goes from unranked to number four in the AP poll in one week. Uh, they have the most impressive body of work. I mean, I think I thought they should have been ranked number one. Uh, if you just look at body of work, I I actually went through last night and pulled together the best, you know, best group of wins, best individual wins and in all of college basketball, Michigan has the best trio of wins in college basketball. And they won them in the span of three days. Yeah. In, in the Ken Palm rankings, they beat 30, number 38, Iowa state, number 12, North Carolina, and number nine, Gonzaga on, in three consecutive days on a neutral floor. You, it's hard to beat that. Like there's not yeah. many people that can that are going to string together three wins like that between now and January, much less in 3 days. They also beat Creighton, uh top 60 team. Um to me, they have the best resume, but you know, Louisville's got to take care of Michigan, then they have Pittsburgh and like to me, that might be the most dangerous of all if you can somehow win the the Michigan game at home and you've got your your number 1 and you've got all you come off this huge win can you come back and not stub your toe against Pittsburgh, you know, three days later? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the next week they have Texas Tech on a neutral floor. They've got Eastern Kentucky, a team that Kentucky bludgeoned, and Miami of Ohio, not not much there. And then Kentucky on December 28th. So, you know, can Louisville navigate those uh, three games against Power 5 teams, Power Conference teams, all in a row, all top 100-ish teams? Um and we'll Texas see. Tech has now fallen out. They're out of the top twenty-five. Yeah, they lost. <laughs> excuse me, they lost to Iowa and Creighton, two unranked teams last week, and haven't they have not beaten anybody in the top two hundred yet? Uh, all their wins are against god awful teams. Uh, actually, their highest rank win right now is two hundred and forty-third Eastern Illinois. Um, yeah, and they you know they lost a lot. Um, 
they lost a lot last year and just plugged it in and kept going and went to the national championship game. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to so uh, seamlessly replace what they lost again um, coming off that team. But that's the team Kentucky's going to face as well um, mm-hmm. it, later in uh, late January in the Big 12 Challenge. But uh, This is going to be a wild season of college basketball. because We've already seen you know three number ones go down, but uh, you just kind of look at the teams um, – you know Maryland, you know, just come kind of coming out of nowhere and uh, now up to third, eight and uh, Michigan. I mean, who saw Jawan Howard uh, coming in in first, you know, couple months, first month of the season? He's got him up to number four from unranked to number four. Uh, you know, Ohio State wasn't expected to be as good as as they've played. Uh, Duke's down at number ten instead of up in the top five. Michigan State, the preseason number one's fallen all the way down to eleven. Um, you know, Auburn was expected to take a, a big step back, but uh, they're showing that they're capable. They're seven and zero. So uh, there's just some, and Dayton. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Dayton has played really well. Tennessee. Uh, but, I mean, Dayton might have the best player in the co- country in Ob Toppin. I think that's how you say his name. He's yeah. he's incredible. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee lost three for, three draft picks. Yeah. Uh, three of the best players they've ever had um, in basketball from a team that was number one most of last year, and they're ranked again this week after um, – haven't aren't they? I think they're in the top 25. Yeah, they're, right they're 21st. Um, they had lost – I can't remember who they lost to, uh, but they beat VCU on a buzzer beater. Um, yes, and one of their on one of their key guys uh, uh, – Lamont was it Lamont Turner? Lamonte Turner, yeah. Yeah, um, hit like – it was a crazy like corner catch-and-shoot fadeaway three at the buzzer. Yeah, they got um, a couple, I think, offensive rebounds and got it out there to him, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I mean, there's you know, this is gonna be and this is gonna be a challenging schedule for, for Kentucky. As, you know, Ohio State. You said like I don't think anybody thought of them as a, you know, maybe as like a borderline top twenty, top twenty five team. Certainly not as a the number six team in the country. And we'll find out. You know, we're gonna find out if it's legit. They they're getting some credit for beating Cincinnati and beating Villanova. We yeah. don't really know if Cincinnati or Villanova are real good teams yet. Uh, those were home games. Everybody else they played is is a and also ran, um, but they're going to get North Carolina on Wednesday. They're going to get Penn State on Saturday, both in the top 25 in the Ken Palm rankings. They're going to get Minnesota on the road all mm-hmm. before they play Kentucky and Vegas. So um, I think if you're Kentucky, you, you hope uh, you hope that both Ohio State and Louisville just keep winning uh, because right. that, that's an opportunity for you to go get I mean, resume builders. It's yeah. crazy to think it's it is possible at least. Like it's it would be on the table if both those teams keep winning, for Kentucky to have lost at home to Evansville and also beaten three top five teams by Christmas <laughs> <laughs> or by New Year's. That yeah, uh, that would erase the Evansville deal. Yeah, you know, I mean, like that. That's the crazy thing. Like they, if they could pull that off. Now it's that's a tall order. Kentucky's not. Kentucky that we've seen so far, other than on opening night, does not look like a Kentucky team that can go beat two top five teams in a week. But you know, we'll see. A lot can change. This is this is the time of year that that Cal's teams have a chance to make a big jump. They'll they'll be in Camp Cal before those games start. Uh, you know, their their calendars will be clear of classwork, and they'll just be practicing. So, yeah. And then once you get to the conference schedule, you know, your resume builders are. I mean, Auburn and Tennessee. Uh, those. Those games can help you if you win. Uh, those other ones, you know, you're, you're expected to win those games. If you lose them, they hurt you. We'll see if Florida can, you know, 
come back to life. They've, you know, they've fallen off quite a bit, but yeah, I mean, they're talented enough that you would think they would work their way back into the top 25. But of course, you know, Kentucky plays Tennessee, Auburn, and Florida each twice uh, over the season. So those won't be easy. LSU's no. a good team. You know, yeah. they've, they've lost a couple. They are, they lost at VCU and the crazy game that was a part of the, the contract, uh, with Will Wade going to mm-hmm. LSU from VCU and, and yeah. they lost that game, but it was a, a great game. I mean, what a heartbreaker, uh, VCU losing that Tennessee game. They, VCU had a chance to beat two SEC teams in the just in the, the very beginning of their season, and they also lost by three to Purdue the day before uh, the Tennessee yeah. game. They they are three. They are six points away. VCU is uh, from having wins over LSU, Purdue, and Tennessee. Wow! Uh, already, so that's not a terrible. Obviously, not a terrible loss for LSU, and I think LSU's got some really good players. They're a top thirty-five team in the Ken Palm. Uh, ranking so they've lost two games by a grand total of four points yeah all right well we need to take another break and when we come back on locked on kentucky we'll discuss the uk football bowl projections this is locked on kentucky your team every day. All right, welcome back. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, Dan Reefer with Fox 56 here with you on Locked on Kentucky. And uh, was there any more basketball that you wanted to wrap up, Kyle, before we move on and talk a little football? No, I don't think so. I mean, right. I think we've pretty much hit the high points. We'll talk more, you know, as the week goes on. We'll, at some point, we'll get Cal Perry and those guys uh, yeah. before their game Saturday, which is against a horrendous, uh, horrendous team. Um, I'm is fairly Dickinson no good this year? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They have lost uh, five in a row. Uh, fairly Dickinson one and five. They are two hundred and sixtieth in the Ken Palm rankings. They wow. have lost to DePaul, Fordham, Army, Lafayette, and Notre Dame by uh, twenty five points. Yeah, in their last outing. So they play Quinnipiac, which is ranked even lower, so maybe they'll get a win. But if not, they'll enter the <laughs> Kentucky game uh, on a six-game losing streak. So, yeah. yep, they're not good. They beat a team, uh, their one win, and it was by 49 points, uh, is over FDU Floorham. I don't even <laughs> yeah, know. I, no. don't, I don't. I don't. <laughs> is that like an extension of, of – of Fairleigh uh, Dickinson, it's FDU Florida. Was that like a, an inner squad scrimmage that they're getting credit for? I think it's a shoe company, and they just suited up. I, for... I'm like shocked by that. Uh, it, I think it's it doesn't. Floorheim. It's not a yeah yeah. It's not a Division One program, I guess, because it's in on Ken Palm. It it has an NR for the that team's ranking. They are not ranked, and Ken Palm ranks all every team in Division every One. Division One. Yeah. Uh, so they are winless then. Apparently, against Division One basketball programs. By the way, should throw in Arkansas. I mean, they're seven and zero as a team in the SEC. That yeah, can... and they're recruiting. They're recruiting under their new coach. I think they've got like a top twenty-five class. They've got, I think, three or four top one hundred guys uh, committed to uh, Musselman. So he certainly had it going at Nevada. I was a little skeptical how long it was going to take him to get it built at Arkansas. But uh, let's see. Is that game there? Uh, just a quick check. I'm just curious now that i've thought about arkansas it's uh at arkansas be, january yeah. 18th yeah that place people ask me about great environments 
when Arkansas is good or if even if they're mediocre and Kentucky comes to town, but especially if both things are happening, they're good and Kentucky's coming to town, that arena yeah. is insane. Uh, it's one of the loudest, craziest places, maybe the most hostile place Kentucky plays. Um, so, yeah, that won't. I don't think that'll be an easy out. They'll certainly be well coached. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let's move on to football. A uh, couple SEC coaches got the axe uh, over the weekend. First, it was Barry Odom of Missouri, and then uh, Matt Luke of Ole Miss uh, kind of pissed away his opportunity there in Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> was that not remarkable? That was just yeah. such that to see that happen was just un Yeah, I've never really seen anything like it. A I chance to either. chance to kick an extra point to uh tie your rival at the end of the game and you uh you miss it because you get backed up because the guy who scored a touchdown hikes his leg and urine pretends to urinate on a fire hydrant. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh that's not good. Not good. That's uh, losing to your rival, having a losing record and then losing in that fashion, I think is a recipe to a recipe to get yourself fired. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think I would uh, see a game top the Egg Bowl uh, over the weekend, but the Iron Bowl certainly did. Uh, that was that was great football uh, to watch. But speaking of bowls, Kentucky, uh, there are some projections out there. I, I've seen um, the Music City Bowl. I've seen the Belk Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, the Gator Bowl seems to be a popular projection for Kentucky, and that seems to make sense that Kentucky hasn't been there in three years. Um, that they would go back. Uh, Music City Bowl. Uh, from what you know, I read uh, regarding criteria and all that stuff, it seems like the Music City Bowl is less likely uh, for Kentucky. Uh, but you're looking at, uh, I guess, Tennessee and Texas A&M and Kentucky are, are kind of the three uh, that are vying for those spots if Florida moves up and is one of those teams in the uh, top ten of the college football playoff rankings because uh, that would take another team into the um, New Year's Day six. Uh, the Belk Bowl, I think, seems like a, a definitely a realistic possibility for Kentucky, as well as the Liberty Bowl. Kentucky hasn't been down there since 2008. Uh, but the Gator Bowl, uh, I saw three for the Gator Bowl, uh, yep. as compared to just one for the Belk and one for the Liberty. And, um, yeah, there seems I, to be some like quiet confidence coming out of the Kentucky uh, camp that they – think they can get that invitation uh, for the yeah. second time in three years, which, you know, it was called the tax layer bowl, but just so people understand, I hate those corporate sponsorships because they've, yeah. uh, it, you know, I'm glad it's back to being called the Gator bowl because for a while, you know, the peach bowl was one of those long time kind of like, this is a big deal bowl game. And then it became known as the Chick-fil-A bowl. And, right. you know, it, it screws up historical context. Like I just hate those. I hate those things. I do too. And you should keep the name of the bowl. You can throw a corporate sponsor on it to understand the money situation, but you have to keep the original name of the bowl so that we understand. Like, what is, I don't know the Belk Bowl. Like, I don't know. I can't tell you. Well, that's all it's game. ever been, I think. Is it but, just the but, new thing in Charlotte? I mean, yeah, the I just Liberty Bowl, we know. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of these corporate bowls have just been new. I mean, they've they added for like a decade. It was like there are two new bowl games every year to the point that yeah. everybody gets to go to a bowl game now. But uh, you know, with the classic ones, the Peach, the Gator, you know, those are some those are games um, that you want to the Orange Bowl stuff like that. And they've all had corporate sponsors. But I guess what what these sponsors that are paying all this money to do it realize was. Guys like me, I you know I would never call it the Nokia Sugar Bowl. 
I would never call it uh, the FedEx Orange Bowl. Uh, I would never call it the Chick-fil-A. If it started out as the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, and nobody was going to call it the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in their stories. Um, you know, when I wrote about it, I was just going to call it the Peach Bowl. And so, right. you, so they realized, like, the only way our sponsor name is actually going to be talked about in this bowl game is to change the name of the bowl game. And I get what? that, but people, you know, people hated that. I mean, the Peach Bowl became the Chick-fil-A Bowl. The Gator became the Tax yeah. Slayer Bowl, which is awful. Um, and it takes, to me, it takes away a little bit, like, that doesn't sound like you went to a big deal. <laughs> you know, like, you went to the Tax Slayer Bowl. It's the Gator Bowl. The Gator Bowl is a pretty good, you know, that's a pretty, pretty good bowl game. Well, uh, in, in my world of high school football, the, the KHSAA, they they call their their football playoffs and especially the state championship games. They call it the Commonwealth Gridiron Bowl, the KHSAA Commonwealth Gridiron Bowl. But then they add a sponsor to that, so now it's officially the UK Orthopedics KHSAA oh Commonwealth Gridiron Bowl. Like, who yeah. is going to yeah. say or write yeah. that? Guess it's, what? That's going to be Gridiron yeah. Bowl, and everybody's. Uh, oh, it's just going to be a state just, championship game with yeah. me. I'm yeah, not if, even I going mean, that if they far. call it anything, it's Gridiron Bowl. But yeah, I mean, nobody's going to give you that whole name. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we know. I don't think we're going to have a great handle until, like you said, until the playoff rankings come out and find out how many, how many uh, of these. SEC teams are going to be in big time bowl games uh, in the you know the New Year's bowl games. The in you know obviously there's still the two next weekend. There's the issue of do, does the SEC get two teams into the playoff, which pulls if they do that, that pulls even more in. Um, right. But there you know Mark Schleybaugh at ESPN, Brett McMurphy at Stadium, I think College Football News and a couple others have uh, Kentucky playing any number of of Big Ten teams: Iowa, Wisconsin, Indiana. Uh, in the Gator Bowl, and so that's obviously a possibility, and that would be to me that would be huge for them to go to a Gator, uh, a Citrus, and a Gator in in consecutive years. Um, you know, that's about as good a run of quality bowl games, and to get to play New Year's Day and and uh, in the sunshine um, in Florida, that makes certainly the players happy yeah. and fans. It's more of a destination, so. Um, We'll have to kind of let it play out, but I think those are all the ones you mentioned are on the table. One one football note that I wanted to throw in because I was I went to our site to see if we had our uh, bowl projections up projections up at the athletic, and I don't see them yet. Maybe Stewart does those on Tuesday, but his Heisman the our Heisman straw poll is up, uh, and I clicked it just out of total curiosity to see if by any chance Lynn Bowden got any votes, and he did. Wow. Uh, he got one vote in the Heisman straw poll, a third-place vote. Uh, so, wow. I mean, he's one. there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys ahead of him. But right. he is on the list with a vote. Yeah. So, how about that? No doubt. Well, you look at, uh, I mean, the, the t- LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. I, I think those are the four that have the best chance to be up there in the top ten. And if one of them isn't, then maybe Auburn is. Instead, I think I mean I think the SEC has four. Will get four the top ten of the college football playoff rankings, and then Tennessee, Kentucky, and Texas A and M are the seven win teams, and it's Miss State is the other one. So, uh, and by the way, if I mean obviously the Gator Bowl would be the best destination, but you know the Liberty Bowl, Memphis on New Year's Eve is a pretty good time. I can just tell you from experience, having gone to Memphis before, and folks who maybe made it down there in two thousand eight uh, may know. And obviously the Music City, any 
any weekend or you know overnight trip to Nashville uh, is going to be a fun time. Charlotte is a nice city, but uh, that's going to be a tough sell, especially if the uh, you know it's not good weather if it's nice and cold uh, during that time. But the Gator Bowl projected uh, opponents are all awesome. I think Iowa would be my my favorite one of those because that's where Mark Stoops went to school. Yes, that'd be a great storyline. And then Indiana, uh, just because Kentucky and Indiana used to play in football on an annual basis and in basketball. Uh, so that's an old rivalry coming back. Uh, and then Wisconsin would just be fun because it would be two ground and pound, smash it down your throat teams going at each other and kind of seeing which one does it better is, is a good matchup as well. Uh, you said Wisconsin? That was one I saw. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be – I think that would be a not a not one they would want to see <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> uh, that would be a tough one, but, you know. If you can go do, I mean, if you if you can beat Penn State and Wisconsin in back to back years in yeah. big time bowl games, those are statement, you know. Hey, statement Jonathan games. Taylor versus Lynn Bowden, Woo. Be a yeah, heavyweight I mean, fight. Yeah, it might be eight hundred rushing yards and the game lasts an hour and a half. I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well we're over time. You got anything else you want to get in before we go? Nah, nah. All right. All right. Well, folks, tomorrow we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more. I mean. Well, we talk every day, UK football and basketball. We'll see where the world takes us tomorrow and, uh, and have some more for you right here on Locked on Kentucky. Remember to subscribe uh, and tell your friends if you like it. You can follow me on Twitter at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R, at D-Reefer, and Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.